G'day, Alan. How are you going? Pretty good. Still alive. How are you? I'm very well, and it's great to get to chat to you again. Uh, are you currently locked in hotel quarantine? Yes. What is that? I'm intrigued to know what that is like. How far are you in and, and how are you going? Day 12. Um, I mean, I think I'm pretty good. I've been very busy. I've, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I, I've, this is my fourth quarantine. So I think the secret is to have a lot of, it's quite good to, I like having the time on my own. I definitely do. Uh, I, it's so interesting. I haven't watched a single film or episode of a TV show. I mean, I put the news on, but I've actually been, you know, working a lot on my show coming up and uh, catching up on all the things, you know, for, mo- for the last few months when things have been coming in with my office, I'll say, I'll do that in quarantine. So I've had this massive list of things I've got to do. It would, it would and, be terrible uh, if you spent time sort of, you know, locked away, came out and said, no, nah, didn't do anything. <laughs> well, I know that's the thing, because the, 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 the South Australian sort of health people, call, you get, it's quite busy. You get a lot of calls. The police call you every day. The mental health people call you. And I was talking to the lady the other day and she said, yeah, the thing is that people who just sort of don't have anything to do and just sort of lie in bed and watch Netflix all the time, that's, those, are, those are the ones they worry about. <laughs> it's actually quite good to have a schedule. You got paparazzi at the window. I did. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I, I, I was so... I, so I'm not, I, my other previous um, quarantines were in houses. You know, I did it. I, I was in one in Canada, one in Scotland, one back in America. It was in houses. Like it was a garden. I could go outside and I had my dog and one of them. And, you know, so it felt like it didn't feel as constrained as being in one hotel room. Then I was, so I was lobbying heavily to get a, a balcony because I knew that one of the hotels had a balcony and one of them didn't. <laughs> so I got my balcony. I was very excited about that. I can go outside. I can, you know, get fresh air. I can hear the sounds in the street. It makes such a difference. And then, of course, the first fucking day I go out, there's a paparazzi. I'm stretching with my top off, not holding my tummy in, squinting in the sunlight, jet lag, bloated, not a good look. So I was like, oh, you assholes. I'm so excited about this this um, balcony and I'm self-conscious about going on it. But now I, I know I worked out from the angle of where they took the photos from, so I always check over there. I kind of feel sorry for someone who has to sit outside your window waiting for you to come stretch. And also, someone has to write the description of your... Um... I, I, I don't feel sorry for them at all. <laughs> the, uh, what was the other thing you said? Well, there's someone who has to sit and then go, how do I describe Alan's like black shorts on his hips slung low? I'm like, is that a job? <laughs> So ridiculous, and also just like, like just going on, not mentioning the fact that I'm you know squinting and looking ridiculous, uh, and also like you think at least you know if you're. I mean, I think that's the thing about those shots that when you, it's it's not so much the invasion of your private, you know, like a private moment. You don't you don't think you're going to be photographed on a balcony of a hotel in Adelaide uh, when you just got off a twenty eight hour flight, but. The thing is, it's just actually the fact that, oh, fuck, I would have, you know, combed my hair or held my tummy in or, you know, put some eye drops in if I'd known. That sort of thing. (laughs) Just, just rude. You're here in Australia for the Adelaide Cabaret Festival that you have put together. Also, touring your show, uh, Alan Cumming is not acting his age around the country. I mean, with all the lockdowns, you could be here for a while. Have you thought about that possibility? This this might be your your home for a bit. (laughs) I mean... I, that, has, that thought has crossed my mind. It would be worse things that could happen to be stranded in Australia. You know, right now I'm, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping I get to go to Melbourne because it's actually, you know, it's, it's not until it's like a 
month away that I would be going. So maybe the, maybe the lockdown thing will have been lifted by then. But yeah, I would I would be not. I mean, I've got things I've got to get back and do, and I would that would be bad. I'd be letting people down. I wouldn't be at all pissed off if I was stranded in Australia. It's one of my favourite places. It's a motivation for people in Victoria to get it sorted. Get it sorted, or Alan won't be able to do his show. I mean, priorities. The, your show. Right? I know. Your show is about ageing, and then if people haven't seen your shows before, you sing some songs, you tell some amazing stories. What intrigued you to do a show focusing on ageing? I just I just felt like, you know, I, I just hit a time in my life where I, I, it just seemed to be more of a thing. It was more of, I realised, oh, I'm the old guy now. And, uh, uh, you know, just sort of various things that happen um, that you just, it just became more of a sort of, and I guess maybe perhaps being, in, in uh, during the pandemic, having a lot of time to myself and just sort of thinking about things, I sort of thought that's what I want to talk about. Because I actually think, I guess the overreaching thing I want to say is that, you know, we in our in Western culture sort of make ageing the worst possible thing that can happen to you. You know, it's it's just like people are just horrified by it. And actually, it's it, guess what? It's going to happen to you. And there's many, many great, uh, many great things about it, actually. I, I'm really enjoying my age right now. And I know I'm, you know, I'm... I'm relatively at the early stages of old age but I'm also you know I'm enjoying having some wisdom uh, finally <laughs> and uh, enjoying kind of like the connection with young people who are young enough to be my children and you know still learning from them but also able to impart things that I've learned all that sort of stuff and also I feel I really enjoy confounding people's expectations and sort of think well why should I who says that I've got to you know play golf or you know go heaven forbid a time and <laughs> Yeah, no, imagine. Yeah, I was. If I start playing golf, please shoot me. I was thinking over all the different roles you've played throughout your career, and they are so diverse and they are so different. And sometimes I actually thought, no, wait, is that you? And then I'm like, yes, yes, you are Eli Gold, you know. But I would question it because Eli Gold is Eli Gold. What What do you look for when you're picking roles? Because you know they're all very, very different. I mean, I look for. Um, just things that I connect with, you know. So I do it on a very gut sort of way. I, uh, I mean, with that, with Eli, I actually didn't want to do that. I mean, it's, it's interesting. A couple of them, I've, you know, I've been writing in lockdown and, and in pandemic. My next book comes out in October, another memoir. And there's two sort of major things in my life I realised. Cabaret, the musical, and uh, The Good Wife. But I, when I was offered them, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And I, it's so interesting that I'm not a very good uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a good judge of what I like and what I want to do. I'm quite connected to that. But some of the things that have been the biggest turning points for me in, in terms of, you know, really great experiences I've had as well as being sort of big career things, I actually thought I don't want to do them when I was first offered them. So, you know, I, I, that's the thing. I just, I just sort of, I don't, I don't sort of, um, I take people's advice at times. And that's why you pay people to do all that stuff for you. Uh, sometimes they give you really good advice. And then, but you know, yesterday I said to my agents, "No, I'm doing this film. I, I want to do this film. I'm doing it for these reasons." And they were like, "Okay," you know. And other times, they'll like, you know, with with uh, the Good Wife, they were like, "You should do this. You really should do this." And uh, so it's, it's it's interesting. It's just you just have to kind of uh, take each thing as a uh, on its on its own value and make up your mind and uh, not have a plan. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't give a fuck and don't have a plan. There's a lovely clip of you performing cabaret at the uh, Kennedy Centre Awards with Joel Grey, which I've got to admit is one of my happy places I go. When if I want to watch something that makes me happy, I go rewatch that clip. Oh, that's nice. That's a hilarious. I actually write about this in my new book because that was the I had to do that 
with Joel and then then we all come on at the end and sing New York, New York with Liza. And I could not, in the rehearsals, I could not get that shoulder thing that Liza does. You know, it's... Dun, 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 dun. I couldn't get the where you bend your shoulder and twist. I'm not a good dancer. And I... I, I <laughs> Liza tried to teach me it in the rehearsals. And she's like, darling, you just put your shoulder, you just move your shoulder forward and twist your butt. And I was like, uh-huh. And I was getting all panicky because I thought, you know, any... 10-year-old girl on a Saturday morning class would get this in about five minutes. <laughs> and then and then Cheetah Rivera came over and go, what's going on? And Liza's like, Alan can't get the mood. I was like, oh, no, I've got Cheetah Rivera now too trying to teach me this. So I just, I was so funny because I was like, I can't get it. I can't get it. And she said, just do it your own way. So it's hilarious to me when I see that. I remember just laughing. I remember my nose was running. I thought, I can't wipe my nose because I'm doing these dance moves. And I was just laughing. I was actually just laughing whilst it was going on because I thought this is so insane. I'm actually on this stage at all, let alone faking the dance moves that I haven't been able to grasp that were trying to be taught to me by Liza Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera. The pressure <laughs> of that, I can imagine, would be huge. Oh, hideous. Yeah, I know. So what can you do? I mean, that's the thing about these things is once you're actually doing them, it's okay. All the pressure up to it. But once you're actually on stage, you think, well, you know, I'm in the car crash now. I might as well enjoy the car crash. The World of the Good Wife has continued on in a new series. Would we ever see Eli Gold return? I don't think so. I mean, they, they, they asked me to, and then they wouldn't pay me my rates. I was like, fuck you, people. Um, and so, uh, same with Juliana. They yeah, I've seen, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we both were like, nah And they said stuff like, well, we've never paid a guest star more than this. I was like, I don't think I am a guest star. This is a spin-off to a show that I was in. I wouldn't say I was technically a guest star in this. You talk about me already. In the, you, you, I mentioned a lot in the script. So I think I should get what I was being paid when I did it before, don't you? Uh, anyway, so I just think sometimes... I mean, I would like to. It's a great show. I actually got to really enjoy it during lockdown. I hadn't watched it before. Um, but they... And then they kind of mooted they were going to ask me this. Was it this season? I can't remember. I, I, I would not be averse to it. I really love those writers. And But, you know, you have to value yourself. And you think, fuck off. I'm not going to do it for... You know, and also, of course, you know that if I went back on it, they'd make a huge deal about it. Yeah, and absolutely. Of well, of course, especially they'd make a huge deal about it. And that, and you know what? That's what you pay for. <laughs> you filmed two series of the show Instinct, which was cancelled after its second season. How do, how is it as a performer when you you know you put your heart and soul into a show and then audiences don't engage with it? How do you feel when that happens? I mean, I don't think audiences didn't engage with it. Some audiences did. They loved it. I mean, it did pretty well, actually. It was just a very expensive show to make, and they decided not to move forward with it. I mean, it wasn't... I don't, I don't look back on that and think, oh, uh, audiences didn't like it. I just think, you know, there's a lot of politics goes on, a lot of machinations. It was, a, it was a lot to do with money. We were only doing 12 shows instead of 22. You know, it's cheaper when you do more. Stuff like that. I, I, I actually... I was very sanguine about that. I had a great time. It was... Uh, actually, Boyana, who is my co-star in it, is here at the festival. You know, she's coming to do, she's doing her blind date project thing in, in my festival in Adelaide. How do you go? Um, how do you go about putting together a festival? How do you pick what's going to be in it? Do you have a philosophy you follow? Oh, <laughs> um, well, not really a philosophy. I mean, it's basically, I wanted to have it make it as eclectic and wide-ranging. And my my thing that I kept saying to people is that you know, there's more, cabaret is more than just a girl singing maybe this time with a feather boa around her neck. I don't want just to have a series of girls singing songs. I mean, there are some girls singing songs, but it's a very, you know, there's shows about mental health. There's a show about a woman who's got a show called Boobs, about this woman who had a mastectomy. There's a guy who paints with his penis. There's, you know, there's protest songs. There's Johnny Young. It's, it's all over the place. And I think that's what's great about a form like Cabaret. It is all over the place. And so 
that's what I've tried to do. And also try to celebrate Australian talent, partly because, you know, with COVID and the whole way we were prog- when we were programming, we didn't know if we could bring people and all that stuff. And I actually realised I've got such a connection to Australia uh, through having come here so often. And also, the, you know, I first came in 1989, the first time I was in Adelaide, was in 89, doing a, a stand-up comedy act with another, another a friend of mine that I used to do. So I've got this, I wanted to sort of celebrate that, my connection with Australia and my love of it and some of the really great performers I've met over the years uh, from Australia and there a lot of them are in the festival. You do have the Young Talent Time reunion get-together. Um, is that? Can you imagine? Can you? Were imagine? you familiar I, with I, them? I, I, of course. <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've come, I've been, I came in 1989 and I was here for like three, three, four months. So, you know, you, that's a long time to be in a country. And, and, and then I've, I've come over, you know, another, another time I was here, four months doing a movie. And then I've come for various shorter trips. So you get a kind of taste of a, a sort of cultural things. And, of course, Johnny Young, especially in 1989, was huge. So I sort of thought I wanted to try and, you know, what's hilarious is one of the things I was saying to people about Adelaide is this show called A Touch of Elegance. It was a talk, a sort of weird sort of like home shopping network slash talk show thing. It was this crazy lady called Margaret. It was called a touch of elegance, and you went on and you sat on the sofa, and she, they would bring on, you know, a set of knives from a local shop, <laughs> the knives, and then she talked to you about your show. I wanted to do something about that, but actually, it, for me, it's a very vivid memory of Adelaide. But for a lot of people, they don't know it because it was a very sort of, it was sort of, you know, during the day in the in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, so, um, but anyway, I, I I we're actually having an installation uh, of that and showing some of the episodes in the lobby. But um, with Johnny Young, yeah, I, I actually said, oh, wouldn't it be great to get, you know, I was thinking of all these cultural, iconic cultural Australian things. And it was so good. I said, that, oh, can you get it? And they were like, oh, I don't think we can. I don't know if he's And then they said, oh, my God, he's actually doing it. It's the 50th anniversary. He's planning a show. So he's going to open it in Adelaide. Like, Result. <laughs> so things like that make me really happy. Um, coming up, you've got a new project. I'm going to try and say this. Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon, yes, yes. What yes. can you tell us about this? It's just on the horizon. It comes out in July. It's it's on Apple Plus, Apple Apple TV Plus, Apple Plus TV. Can't remember what you call it. Um, it's such a hoot. It was uh, it was the first thing I did in during the pandemic, and it's a six part series, and it's sort of um, a homage and a parody of uh, 1950s uh, Hollywood movies musicals, and uh, it was. It was such a gas. And it's about a couple who live in the present and they, are go, they go on a sort of one of those weekends away in the country to kind of make their relationship better. And they are having a row and they walk over this bridge and suddenly they walk into this sort of technicolor land and it's called Schmigadoon. And, that's, and so there's, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's the sort of premise. But it was such fun. And it's, it's really biting and hilarious. And um, I play the mayor of Schmigadoon. It's full of people, you know, all like Kristen Chenoweth and Jane Krakowski and Fred Armisen and Keegan-Michael Kay is, and uh, Cecily Strong are the couple. And uh, sort of, uh, Martin Short appears as a leprechaun at one point. It's, it's so nuts. Uh, I really, really like it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, and also, you know, I'm not a big musical aficionado. Everyone thinks I am, but I'm not. But I, it was funny. Like, I, was, I learned a lot about, about, you know, we were parodying or anting homage to certain tropes and, 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 and certain musicals. And so I learned actually quite a lot about Hollywood, Hollywood musicals from doing that. Sounds fantastic. Of course, this July you will be here in Perth at the Riverside Theatre with your show. Alan Cumming is not acting his age. It is always a pleasure to catch up with you and we can't wait till you're here in town. I'm looking forward to it.
I'll but, see you then. 